and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Delete. So today's guest is Scarlett Curtis. She is a writer, an LUK contributor and a blogger and an activist. In today's episode we talk about campaigning, collaboration, the competitiveness that social media brings out of us, the influence of having parents who are very active in the charity space. Her dad, the filmmaker Richard Curtis and scriptwriter Emma Freud play a big role in not-for-profit organisations such as Comet Relief, Project Everyone and The Global Goals. We also discuss our behaviours online and although there are many dark corners of the internet, we talk about the positives, the communities that you can create via the internet and how blogging and having people online to talk to can actually be a massive help when you're going through a really terrible time in your life. We also talk about an initiative that Scarlett has launched very recently, this week in fact, called the Unidle Collective. This has been founded by Emma Bates, Arden Rose and Scarlett to discuss political and personal issues affecting the world. And this week was the first one, the first meetup. It was really great. We discussed things like intersectional feminism, the refugee crisis, sustainability, politics, working parents and lots more. It's about doing something, however small, and about incorporating activism into your daily life. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and here it is. Scarlett Curtis, Yay. I'm finally with you. This is a long time coming, isn't it? Like, ridiculously long time. I feel like I discovered your blog, like, over two years ago. Yeah, there's few people that I feel almost the whole time I've been doing it, kind of. Well, I started my blog, like, six years ago as well, which is crazy. No way. Yeah, my first ever blog was six years ago. <gasps> what, ScarlettCurtis.com? Or no. the one before that? Teenage oh, Granny. Teenage Granny, yeah, yes. Which is my whole other career as a knitter slash baker. <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Yeah. No, I did know about that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were saying just before we started recording that um, there's something so weird but nice about kind of connecting with someone in a way where you're like, I know that we would be friends if we met in real life. Yeah. And then meeting them and being like, yeah, I, I know you. Yeah, but I think there's also, and you were kind of saying this, there is comparison and mm. kind of competitiveness and jealousy. And I think one weird thing for me kind of over the last few years has been there are like all these amazing women that I should be seeing their stuff and being like oh awesome I love what she's doing you know let's be friends but I think you're kind of forced into thinking oh you know getting competitive and getting jealous and I think there's a few people and it's weird it's always the people I respect most that I get the most jealous of you know if there's someone doing something who might be way more successful than me who's I you know in a different area but it's I've always been like, oh, I love what they're doing, but I'm really jealous and like yeah. competitive with them. As soon as you meet them, you're like, well, obviously they're amazing. And like, all oh, this has been so stupid. Because it was yeah. in that L piece, wasn't yeah. it? That you, but the way you articulated it was so spot on. It was like the admiration gets lost in translation. Cause, exactly. Because really you don't, you don't dislike them. You, you, it's the opposite. Yeah, really. it's the complete opposite. You're admiring what they're doing and you're a fan of them but some way that gets twisted and turned and I think especially for girls and especially for women I think because so often we feel like only one of us can succeed and you know there's so few places historically in success for women that I think you know one of my closest friends now Charlie Cox who's a blogger um, I was so competitive with for so long and kind of every time she did something used to get crazy competitive and then the second we met 
we obviously got on. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where it comes from though. I don't know if it's like this time in history where we're all online and we're all sharing. But then yeah. I, you think back and maybe it's always been there. Yeah, I think it has and I think it's there for women especially and I think in business as well. Well, that leads me on to worldwide exclusive conversation about <laughs> your campaign that you, well, the initiative that you've just launched. That's obviously women coming together and it's, and it's, it's a brilliant idea. I've been working as the social media manager for a non-profit for the last like, year and a half and I stopped that a few months ago. Was that I've the been, Global Goals? Yeah, that was the Global yeah. Goals. So I've been kind of involved in this world now for a while and then I think obviously this happened for a lot of people but after Brexit and after the election mm. it hit me so and this sounds like making it really personal but it did hit me so much harder than I ever thought and I was mm. in New York and being in New York was literally like being in a city that was grieving like mm. the day after you kind of step outside and everyone was either so upset or crying or like I was walking through Union Square and there were all these people giving out free hugs and who just like needed to be together and um were you there um, around the election time? yes I was there yeah. on the day of the oh election God. and then for the next I've for the next like few months after. But what started happening, especially in New York, was this kind of really amazing uprising of activism following the election. And I started going to a lot of community gatherings and a lot of people I'd worked with kind of through nonprofits started having these just like really informal meetings and gatherings. And there's an amazing one I've been going to at the Oracle Club and just all these different things. Mm -hmm. And um, really just people getting together discussing these issues, discussing these topics and trying to come up with small pieces of action that we can genuinely take yeah, in our daily yeah. lives. And um, I came back to England and just was talking to lots of my friends here about what I've been doing in New York and there was loads of interest and then I started talking to two friends in particular which is Emma Bates and yeah. Arden Rose and we were all kind of really excited about it and just thought why don't we get together and make a group where it can be women and, pe and men like yeah, and yeah. Men. we've been putting the and men in brackets where we can get together discuss these issues and then our idea is that you commit to taking one piece of action per week so we've made this group called the unidle collective and the idea is people that are committed to being idle no more because i think oh that's so cool i didn't know because that's obviously it's in the name yeah but actually that's such a clear manifesto of... yeah because i think a lot of people were just feeling like really helpless and kind of sick of this state of being idle and mm. not knowing what to do so and also like using social media and feeling like i i'm not saying it doesn't have an effect because i might have you never know anyone that, that tweets or has any sort of social media even small following you, yeah. you don't know you could influence like five young girls to go and vote but the the idea of actually doing something in real life is exactly. important yeah and i think that's the thing i'm a huge believer in i think activism online can be really powerful and i think people can be very critical of it but i have kind of worked in things with the un where genuinely like a petition online or a selfie campaign has had real mm -hmm. genuine action but i think what this is really going to be about is we're going to be pushing out so from the unidle Twitter and Instagram account, we're going to be pushing out one piece of action that we want people to take every week. So that might be cool. a petition or sometimes a donation or, I mean, this week our first one is pushing people to attend the women's marches which are taking place mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, and then as well as that, so you're committing to taking one piece of action a week and also we're going to be hosting these meetings and encouraging other people to host their own meetings like in your university or in your workplace and just gathering people together to be like we care 
we want to do something what can we do let's talk about these issues let's talk about what we can do and maybe something will happen yeah, yeah. where's um this kind of i guess like activism gene in you is yeah. it like have you always had it i think for me i mean my parents are both very involved in charity mm. and activism um and so obviously it's something i've grown up with and um my whole life you know it's been what they do and so i've kind of been around it my whole life but i think it was really i had quite I was very ill when I was a teenager and then had very bad issues with like depression and anxiety when I was a bit older and I think it was during that time sorry there's hammering and it's no. really annoying this is what this is what makes this podcast yeah. what it is I love it <laughs> um, yeah but I don't know I think it was maybe going through those issues and also just realizing that I think my parents work is very focused in Africa and kind of abroad and I think it was and to me it always felt so important and so amazing everything they were doing but very far away and like quite distant from me and I think it was as I started to grow up and started to read more and kind of read books by like Gloria Steinem and Audre mm. Lorde and just different kind of feminist thinkers and realizing that these issues that might affect you know the same reason that I was hating my body or comparing myself to other women or that mm. I was maybe not going to get paid the same amount as my brothers in a job that I was going to go into all these issues that directly affected me also affected all these women all across the globe and kind of the same systems of oppression and meaning a girl can't go to school in Liberia also mean it's, the, yeah. it's all the same systems and realizing that that was so connected I think really made me kind of wake up to it a bit more you're um, at university in new york yeah, as well and, yeah, it and it is juggling the two must be yeah. um exciting but also maybe comes with its challenges I don't yeah know. it is also what i'm studying at university so that's that's cool um, it's all linked it's all linked yeah. yeah yeah and i think another thing i think young people are definitely waking up to it and i think what i struggle with a lot is like well what right do i have to speak on these things or like what right do i have to be like let's all do something to change the world and it can sound so like annoying and naive and kind of i think that stopped me doing it for a while and i think that stops a lot of people who feel like i'd really like to do something and i'd really like to get involved with something but you know i don't feel i know enough or i don't feel i have enough information and i think yeah it's real, a shame that isn't yeah, it yeah and i think the real thing that we're trying to do with these meetings is be like we don't necessarily know anything and but we want to learn and we want to start discussing and we want to start looking for ways to take action. There are people out there who just don't know where to start. Exactly. You're doing something. Yeah, at least my friend, I had this amazing friend in New York called Nikki and she says, you don't have to do everything, but anything you do can change the world. And it's like her whole big thing is just, even if you just do one tiny thing and it is like a shout into the void, at least you're mm. there, at least you're part of it, at least you're kind of raising your voice in some way. Yeah. And, and there's a self-awareness about knowing that you can't change the world yeah, on your own. Like, obviously. And like, like, it's I'm kind of it's privileged white girl that like is, you know, has purple hair. Like I'm not able to do anything, but I'd rather be doing something than not doing anything or just like sitting back and complaining about it and feeling scared yeah so what are you excited about with the collective because obviously you're um you're doing a lot towards the march at the weekend yes so um, we have our first meeting tomorrow and that's just going to be kind of a group of people like you and like 
hopefully yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you another. that's really in preparation for the march so we have some of the amazing women that are organizing the march coming along and then we're going to be hosting discussion groups for with kind of people that genuinely know their information and are experts in these areas on different topics so we've got a group on refugees, a group on women of colour, a group on sustainable fashion, a group on women in politics and a group on working mums and that's going to be kind of, each of them is going to be led by a different expert Amazing. in that field and then we're going to be coming up with one piece of action for each of those groups and pushing those out over the next five weeks. When I was thinking of um, things that I wanted to ask you, um, I never write down questions, I'm just like, That's bleh. Yeah. Um, but it was all of the things that kind of the central theme from all these different things was you have expressed yourself via different mediums online to kind of help others. And it might be the group, the activism, yeah. the collective or the global goal stuff, or even just your honesty in your writing, because you really have written some pieces that I could tell is pro-therapeutic for you to write. Well, that's but to read them is very, it's very helpful. I think that's so kind of mental to say because I do feel like it's like all selfish and like all just to kind of, I mean, the internet literally saved my life because I've been kind of online and an online person since I was like 15. And, um, an online person. An online person. But it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started... To give a bit of context, I started blogging when I was 15 and I was very ill at the time and I was kind of off school with a, I had a physical, I was in chronic pain for like two and a half years from the age of 14 to 17 and um, so I kind of was really at a very low point and I was very isolated and couldn't really walk, I was in a wheelchair a lot of the time and um, the internet was you know my blog and blogging and social media were literally the things that saved me, I had a you know knitting blog called teen granny and I on that I would never talk about what was going on with me I would just talk about knitting and what I was baking and my dog quite mm -hmm. a lot and no one knew what was going on but through that blog I made a lot of friends and a lot of other women that were blogging about the same kind of things that I was doing and we started a twitter knitting group called the twit knit club <laughs> which yeah. was um really great and we'd all do projects at the same time so we did like we'd all knit a Christmas decoration at the same time and then one month we did a blanket project where we all knitted a square and sent them to each other and then made up Aww. this big twit knit blanket <laughs> and um, so it was all things like that but these women and the people I was talking to online were my friends like mm. they were the people I grew up with they saved me from being like completely alone and my blog was the best thing in my life like I would wake up every morning and I'd have this was when I was like 15 but I'd have all these schedules like okay today you're gonna take pictures of these and do this and write yeah. this and I just slowly started to realize that I loved it and I loved everything I was doing and it was the most massive distraction and huge thing because mm -hmm. it's like not only is that a network of people but it's also it's giving you something to do yeah it gave me completely you know my and a distraction day, yeah my day other than that was literally sitting in bed like being in pain and it gave me this like full-time job that I was loving and would like throw myself into the whole time um and then I I got thankfully I physically recovered I had another yeah the whole it was a long story but I got physically better but then once I was physically better, I started to suffer really badly with anxiety and depression. And that was about another two years off school, mm -hmm. um, kind of dealing with those issues. And when I was going through that, I started to read other people talking about these issues online. 
and I think I just, it sounds kind of stupid now but when I started going through it I genuinely thought I was the only person in the whole world that had mm. ever had these problems like I was looking at my friends on Facebook and my family and I was like I it's just me everyone else is so happy and everyone else is managing their lives and I can't get out of there without having a panic attack and I can't walk around my block without shaking and like wanting to be sick and so I started to read other people's stories about what they were going through online and it was just the biggest relief in the whole world it was like discovering that you're not mm -hmm. a kind of freak or a monster and and it was so amazing and then once I started to get better a little bit I was like well maybe it might help me if I started talking about these things and so I started writing about these issues online more and just being able to talk about it and taking away that shame that I've been feeling mm -hmm. about it helped like almost more than any therapy or any kind of anything had ever helped because I was just not ashamed anymore and I wasn't confused and I was did it surprise it. you in any way like yeah. the, the reaction to massively yes yeah. so I think as soon as I started talking about it the reaction I got you know I thought that like also my audience then was like mostly knitters and bakers so <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like the loveliest little group was, group of people if you ever think that the internet's a bad place get involved <laughs> in the craft community because it's like the most positive amazing group of people in the whole world and yeah I still have lots of friends that I met through that and also lots of them were like women in their 40s and I was this weird little 14 year old girl that was like coming <laughs> along and like making them do Twitter knitting projects so um, it's quite that's, fun. There's something really lovely about the fact that you're still friends with them. Emma Mitchell who's Silver Pebble, she has the most amazing Instagram account ever, it's so beautiful. And me and her, she was one of my closest knitting friends um, and original Twitknit club members. <laughs> um, but it is so important to talk about these issues and I think there's so much shame around them and so much kind of stigma still about mental illness and yeah I don't know I think the more that you can talk about them it helps you as much as you know it helps if it does help anyone else. It sounds like you over the past few years have you've done things yourself that makes you feel better like I was reading about you know just baking and, yeah. and your fashion even and I know that I do things like that to make myself feel better even it seems small but it's not it's like the whole self-care movement of it could be the tiniest it could be like putting oils in your bath like it doesn't have to be completely anything and that I you think, do yeah I think this is probably I'm a massive oversharer, so I'm just Aren't we all? oversharing. I love it. Um, but I never found an antidepressant that worked for me, or kind of never. I've never been able to get that help with the things that I've gone through that I think a lot of people get. Um, and so, for me, a lot of my recovery has been about taking these tiny steps that seem so insignificant and so like, well, as if that's going to help. Mm. But then. The more that you do them and the more that they build up it can help so much so a lot of it for me is kind of just it started a lot of what helped me at the beginning was kind of distracting things so things that would just take my mind off what was going on calm me down and huge amounts of that was baking and a lot of kind of internet things so a lot of youtubers and a lot of mm. tv and a lot of audiobooks and podcasts and i know it sounds like it's just distractions but those things can become almost lifelines like if you're going through a bad spell of anxiety or a bad spell of depression I think anyone will know that your tv and your books and your mm. things like that are what keeps you going that's why I always 
will come to any YouTuber's defense. Yeah. Like whenever anyone's like, oh, it's just someone holding up what they've bought from Superdrug. I'm is. like, there have been times where I've been ill or just like feeling like crap and I'll be in bed watching YouTube on a Sunday night and be like, I feel better. No, just, okay, so this is my, if I'm having a panic attack, the number one thing that calms me down is I have to lock myself in a room where no one else is and I have to watch either a makeup tutorial or a haul or something. And something about being with someone, just me and them, who's taking me through what's in their bag or yeah. putting makeup on, it calms me down like nothing else. Like no anti-anxiety pill or, you know, CBT or whatever. Nothing works like that. So yeah, I defend them to the grave. I think they're amazing. It's yeah. so calming. It's so calming. And it's also for a lot, like, I was very lonely for a lot growing up and the blogs that I read and the YouTubers that I watched were my friends and I think, you know, I think a lot of times when we criticise social media, you're kind of criticising it for people that are happy, like, you know, okay, if you have a great life and tons of friends and you're very happy but you're spending your time on your Instagram, maybe that's not the best thing ever. But there are so many people out there that are lonely or you know, depressed or anxious, mm. and for them, I'm just speaking from personal experience, social media can be the thing that saves you, like the thing that doesn't make you feel lonely anymore, the thing that provides you that comfort, and I think people are much too critical of mm. kind of YouTube and social media. Yeah, mm. I was I was thinking the other day about um, the backlash that people get when they're too perfect online, or they're yeah. not, they're not unfiltered, and they're like, putting these perfect pictures yeah. up and I was actually thinking that um I feel like we have to be kind like to everyone because you still don't know also I just think whatever anyone's doing exactly. it's fine yeah. like we're all just trying our hardest and we're all just like growing up and trying to piece together how this weird thing works and like <laughs> I do think there is a huge thing for being more honest and being more open but if someone doesn't feel like they can be and they just want to post pictures of themselves in a bikini, like, that's also fine. Mm -hmm. If you're okay, then you can see whatever you want and yeah. you can be like, um, I'm alright, I've got a distance between me and what that person's doing. Yeah. But it takes time. It definitely takes time and it's definitely hard and I definitely have people online that, like, make me feel bad about my own life. But then I just so try and be like, I'm going to appreciate what they're doing and not hate myself or hate them but it is hard i think the craziest thing in in doing this podcast actually sometimes is um the fact that in my opinion i'm interviewing like the coolest people ever on this yeah. podcast and it doesn't matter how amazing how amazingly successful someone is or like how cool their life is yeah. or whatever we're all fighting our own individual little things exactly and i think my worst thing is people that go oh well you have this, you can't be sad, or you know, this person shouldn't complain. It's like, everyone has their problems, and to you, your problems feel massive, no matter, I think, comparative problem, mm, comparing yeah. those problems is the most pointless and horrible thing anyone can do. Because, you know, whether you're Taylor Swift, it doesn't matter, your problems will still feel as big to you. It's all relative. It's all relative, and let's just all be nice to each other, and yeah. With living in New York, because yeah. obviously when you were saying about the past and how you would have times where you were um, feeling lonely, is yeah. it like two extremes now? Because I'm imagining like New York, it's like busy, you're surrounded by people, you know so many people. Completely. Is well, it... it was like the most mental thing ever for me to move there. Like, 
I always say, a, two days before I moved to New York, I had a drink with a friend in a bar, and it was actually Tanya, who you know as well. So I had a drink with Tanya in a bar, and I remember going home and calling my mum and being like, oh my god mum, I just left the house, I went to a bar, I had a drink, I didn't have a panic attack, and I came home. And she was like, well done. And then two days later, I moved to New York on my own, without my family, like moved oh in with god. a roommate that I had never met before. Like, it was absolutely crazy. And my first year there, I was definitely still so unhappy, and my depression got worse, and it was like, you know, so many moments of like, what on earth am I doing here? Mm. But I think I could never have gotten better if I hadn't pushed myself to do that and now I feel so kind of happy with my life there and it's still definitely tough and you know New York is a tough city mm. and it like can it grind is. you down but I have friends a few friends there that I genuinely love and I love studying there and I love university and you know I was out of school pretty much from the age of 14 so to be able to study again and be in a classroom again and be learning is such a privilege and so mm. amazing oh that um, is amazing yeah and i think it's it's like it's kind of when you really compare the before and after of your yeah, it's experience crazy. it's it's yeah and transformative have, do you have that app time hop yes yeah so i've been using that like, i love and hate it yeah i couldn't use it for ages because it would just make me so sad but now it's crazy to look back and be like so like this new year i was with friends um just like had a really nice new year with my family and my friends and I, on my time hop, it was like three years ago, and I was on my own in my bedroom burning things <laughs> because apparently I was like, I'm gonna burn all my old things, and then like this new year will be great. And I was like, that is a real, as much as I can like criticize myself, that is very far to have come from burning things to being with friends. <laughs> it's amazing what can happen if you if you use the internet in a way that's healthy, I guess. Yeah. But and I think this is my big thing, like, obviously there are downsides of the internet, like, mm. obviously it's scary. There are also incredible things, and I think people that are worried about the internet, you're like, no, we just need to find the good things in it. You know, it's as complex as literature or film or any, like, huge thing that's happened before, and there are good sides and bad sides, and we just need to focus on developing the good sides instead of just being like, this thing sucks it's ruining all your minds you're all idiots yeah exactly yeah. which is why your new project so where can people find it yes. follow it so you can follow well you can follow me first yeah at scar curtis this is the promo self promo yeah, bit and then you can follow at the unidle collective and we've got a website as well which is the unidle collective and that's like un I-D-L-E, like yes. not being idle. Is that um, going to be, so is the website going to be like the hub of... Yes, yeah, so I think it will be all operated from the Instagram, Twitter, or the website, or the Facebook, so it will all be on all of those platforms. And what we're going to be doing is one action per week. So it literally will take you between like a minute and five minutes to take Ooh, the action. So, it what, something so for really example, easy. what would it... Well, so our action this week is bigger. It's a try and attend one of these marches. Oh, yeah. So that's definitely something a bit bigger. But I think some weeks it will be petitions. Some weeks it will be... We're going to work with a lot of non-profits and a lot of kind of people working in these different areas and get some hopefully powerful actions that mm -hmm. are easy to take but will make an actual actual difference. Um, so yeah, if you follow any of those things, you can just take our one action a week and then we're hoping to host more of these meetings and gatherings and so hopefully 
wherever you are in the world, there might be one of those near yeah. you. Oh, well, I'm so excited yeah. to be part of it. Yeah, I think it'll just be fun. Join the gang and yeah. get things moving. And I feel that this has come at a really good time. Yeah, I, I'm just... full of energy. It's January, and yeah. we've got stuff to be doing. Exactly, and it's also just incorporating activism in your daily life. It's not like this huge scary thing. It's just something you know you can do, like you check your emails or yeah, yeah, get your hair done. Thank you so much. Yay, it's been Thank so you. Good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, if you have any feedback, tweet me at Emma Gannon. I'd love to hear what you think. And also, if you have two minutes, I'd love you to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. Thanks again and see you next week.